usually, most always when I prepare my thoughts for what to preach, you know, I sense my guardian angel is always there, usually communicates a kind of sentiment, some sentiment or some spirit of the message that, you know, that comes uh, in the readings that we, we have for that weekend. And, you know, when, when I asked for to, when I was looked at these readings once again earlier today and yesterday, I was like, um, I asked him, you know, like, okay, what, what spirit should I deliver, you know, this time? I heard him say, how about the spirit of brevity? So, I'll only be one minute here, so. <laughs> you know, there's so much here, but you know, um, I think in light of some recent develop- developments in the church of know- coming to know who the character of Mary, of Mary Magdalene is, that we believe, uh, I guess historians have now come to a, um, come to a pretty wide, you know, pretty abundant con- consensus that she is the one who breaks the, the, uh, the bottle of spikenard and anoints, anoints Jesus, you know, in the, at the dinner, at the uh, place of Simon the leper before he goes into Jerusalem. And it's because of that, you know, I think, you know, over time now, uh, I don't know if it's set for this year, but at least maybe next year, you know, her feast day, the feast day of Mary, Mary Magdalene will be raised to the level of a, a solemnity, which is a level of celebration that's only been given to St. John the Baptist, the Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, and plenty of celebrations to our Lord himself. So she, she will be like the first among perhaps many, uh, uh, among many saints who will be uh, given that, um, that distinction of celebration. You know, when we look at this, when we look, especially when we read the passage of the the entry into Jerusalem, there is a kind of diversity of rece- of, uh, in the way that Jesus is received. To some, it is a time of rejoicing, and to others, as we see evidently from the reaction of the Pharisees, the, San- the Sanhedrin, you know, Jesus coming into Jerusalem is an interruption. It's, a, it's an inconvenience at the very best. At the very worst, it's, uh, it's a matter that needs to be um, he's a problem that needs to be expunged, you know, entirely. And in that, you know, we, I think when we get to the very end, here at the very end where Jesus is fulfilling his will, the will of the Father, we probably think back, there's flashbacks of the way things first began and how he first preached in his ministry. Frankly, when I thought about this, I couldn't help but think of the Beatitudes, the moment when he's, a climactic moment at the beginning of his, beginning of his ministry when he has the Sermon on the Mount and, and the Beatitudes being, you know, a chief, uh, a chief marker of, of that delivery. And the first of the Beatitudes being, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed is the, for theirs is the kingdom of God, as some translations say. And you see that reaction here. But the people who raise their hands and re- rejoicing, those who feel that their Savior has come, the palm branches that we use, as, as uh, um, olive branches are often si- significant of a peace offering, uh, palm branches are a sign of victory. They're a celebration of that um, they, they have uh, finally been brought to justice. And as Pope Francis made a remark a little while ago about 
those who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, you can, you can bet everything you have, they are the poorest. They are those who have been forgotten. They are those who do not assume righteousness or stand out in the crowd, but they truly are ready for a Savior inside and out. While those who you know, are ready to proceed to um, lead, lead Jesus towards his cross are those who believe he's an interruption of life. And I suppose a question we have to ask ourselves is, you know, if we want to be like this, this, if we want to emulate this beatitude, to be, to be one with the poor in spirit, like, how do we recognize Jesus when he comes? How do we, wel- how do we welcome him? How do we perceive him? Is he more of an interruption or an inconvenience? Or do we see him as a savior in our time? And every way that he comes to us, whether it be the celebration of the Eucharist, the, all the sacraments put together, do we see him as an inconvenience or do we see him as a savior in the voice of the church? Do we see him and try to see him where, you know, he speaks through the, our civil leaders? I mean, like when, where do we try to look for him? It's a good question to ask here at the, the uh, penultimate, you know, moments before, uh, before we celebrate his uh, his death on Good Friday, and finally his resurrection. It's a good contemplation to have. How do we perceive our Savior in all of his appearances here and now? Holy Mary, our hope and seat of wisdom, pray for us.